Friends, let us pray. Holy God, send your spirit to us in this time and in this place. That the words that we hear, that we speak, that we meditate upon, that we take into our hearts might be your words of grace and life. Made known to us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's gospel reading is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Hear these words of Jesus. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sometimes ministry is about the big things. And when I say ministry, I'm not just referring to what pastors, Christian educators, youth directors, music directors, and other church staff do. I am using the word ministry in the most expansive sense possible. The call that we all have as followers of Christ to serve the world in his name. Sometimes ministry is about the things that are too hard to accomplish alone. Things like trying to get movement on social justice issues. For example, advocating for equity in education, which is an issue that is near and dear to my heart. Our advocacy group Great Schools for All has been trying to move the needle on integration in a system that is highly segregated by race, class, and socioeconomics with very, very real consequences in the lives of poor children. And our little team has been at it for about four years now and progress is in fits and starts. And we actually saw just a sliver of forward movement this week but it's still a very long haul. Like this, most social justice issues are being fought for over decades, even centuries or more, some with little movement and some with none. You know the list, civil rights, mass incarceration, economic equality, healthcare, immigration, social safety nets, war and militarism, LGBTQ rights and marriage equality, women's rights, the list goes on. These ministries of justice led by ancient and present day prophetic voices are all massive endeavors that span multiple lifetimes in our communities. And we don't always agree on the scope or the validity of the justice issue, let alone on just and right remedies for them. 
They are God-sized problems and require God-sized solutions. And they remind me of the saying that is often the only one that can keep us from being overwhelmed with the enormity of discipleship, and that is that we have only one Messiah, only one Savior, and it ain't us. Maybe those are the kinds of things that Jesus had in mind in the verses that come immediately before today's gospel reading, and they set the stage for what we hear today. They're part of a larger address Jesus gives his disciples on what it is to follow him, Matthew's so-called missionary discourse. And in this discourse, what we hear Jesus tell his disciples is that following him will disrupt their lives. And so here's my very loose paraphrase of this disruption. When you go out proclaiming the good news, curing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the unclean ones, casting out demons, don't take anything extra with you, don't take extra money, don't take an extra bag full of stuff, don't take extra clothes, don't take anything just in case. And some will welcome you and some won't. You may be persecuted. You may even be hated because of me. And don't think that I've come to bring peace to the earth, but a sword. For whoever loves their family more than me isn't worthy of me. And those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. To say that that disrupts neatly planned lives understates the situation. Stanley Saunders notes that the disciples are completely dependent first on God and then on the hospitality, the welcome of the communities that receive them. They have to be vulnerable and dependent in order for their mission to be successful. And that is where last week's gospel text left off, at this place of what in the world did God get us into? And yet, it's not where Jesus' addressed to his disciples ends. So today, as the iconic Paul Harvey used to say, here is the rest of the story. Now, there are several important parts to the rest of the story. And a big one of, part of that is that ministry is not always and only about the big and the intractable, the divisive and the disruptive. Sometimes it's also about the ministry of little things, like giving someone a cup of cold water like our third church youth did when they lived out this scripture. They offered bottles of water to thirsty riders in the Tour de Cure a couple of weeks ago. And these so-called little acts of ministry can be huge. Something as simple as adding cookies to our summertime lemonade hour after church. 
couple of folks on the membership and evangelism committee decided we do such great coffee hours during the program year, it would be a good thing to do in the summertime, and they just took it upon themselves to make it happen. And I know it matters because when I was in seminary, I would do various guest preaching gigs at different churches. And my son, who was our son, who was much younger at the time, Evan, yeah, I see you there. He'll be embarrassed, but he would form his impression of a church based on the quality of its coffee hour. <laughs> He's nodding, it's true. Impressions aside, those small gestures matter. The ministry of calling someone by name, the ministry of delivering flowers after church to someone in the hospital, the ministry of sending a card or a text or an email with an encouraging message. It all makes a difference. The contribution to help furnish Rain's new day center for homeless families. Blowing up inflatable mattresses for them to sleep on when we host a rotation washing all the dish towels every week after dining room ministry, saying a prayer with a food cupboard guest, contributing supplies for a children's outreach program, tutoring a child in school and giving them 30 minutes of undivided personal attention every week planting a monarch butterfly garden to help care for God's beautiful creation, preparing the elements for communion. All of these small acts of ministry matter. And maybe more than anything else, what matters is the ministry of just showing up during someone's time of need at a memorial service or a visitation or a time of discouragement, I can tell you just showing up, a hand on the shoulder without even one word said, is huge. The life of faith is composed of a thousand small gestures, writes David Lose. And we all know those gestures sometimes require some sacrifice, even if they are small. Or one scholar noted that in Jesus' day, to offer cold water required drawing water from a deep well and often carrying it uphill in a heavy jar to the family home. Yes, sacrifice, and it doesn't go unnoticed. Jill Duffield reminds us that none of that gun goes unnoticed by the triune God who is present every time we welcome a prophet or a righteous person or a little one or the least of these. None of that goes unnoticed by the one who sends us. None of that 
goes unnoticed by the one we represent. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Liddy Barlow tells of the experience of students in clinical pastoral education and what she wrote resonated with my training and experience. And she said, for decades, these students have heard the same words before their first day out in the hospital or nursing home wards, and that is that when you enter that room as a chaplain, you're no longer yourself alone. You are representing Christ alongside you, beside, behind you, and following you into the room, invisibly but truly, is the entire church. You bring God with you. You are yourself, but you stand for more than yourself. This is true not just for chaplains, but for every disciple of Christ. And this is, in essence, what Jesus tells his disciples and, by extension, tells all of us. And Barlow goes on, as Jesus' representatives, his disciples now carry an identity beyond their own. When they travel, preach, teach, and heal, it is Christ whose work will be done by their hands. The world will meet Jesus through them. There has been a lot of chatter in op-eds around the country this week as to what words and behavior are befitting a holder of public office, noting that those words and behavior represent not only the individual, but also the office they hold and the people they represent. And in the same way, we who are Christ's disciples carry his identity. And it's even more than that. And Stanley Saunders puts it this way. The disciples represent the full power and the full presence of Jesus, just as Jesus bears the full presence and power of God. And more than any other gospel, Matthew underlines the ways in which Jesus not only represents divine power and presence, but democratizes this power and the responsibilities that come with it. Jesus democratizes this power in ministry with his disciples. What a gift to be Christ's ambassadors. We carry his identity, we carry Christ's power. We carry Christ's presence with every act of discipleship, big and small. What an awesome responsibility and what an awesome privilege. We get to be involved in what God is doing in the world. So let us welcome this gift, knowing that we have already been equipped with everything we need, for we have been given Christ himself at the table of grace. Amen.